Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. For those of you who've listened to the first two episodes, I want to thank you for coming back again. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm thrilled that you've decided to take a listen. Don't forget that while you can find this podcast at ayankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. After you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review. It lets me know what I need to work on and what I'm doing well. I'd also appreciate it if you would consider sharing a link to the show with your friends, whether they're footy fans or not, as one of the goals of this podcast is to bring more fans to the game. Don't forget, you can reach out to me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I am so glad that you've decided to check out episode nine. I've had some excellent feedback regarding episode seven and eight. One of those being my interview with Bulldogs fan Fro Jernhart, as well as delving into the obscure game that was Austis. There were so many different people that helped me with my Austis research. And I know, after publishing, that I neglected some of them in my show notes last week. I reached out to them individually to thank them because without their help, there were many components to this story that I would have completely missed. And I have to say, I've enjoyed my talks with Frode over the last couple of months. He's one of the early people I talked to online about getting the podcast up and running. And was thrilled to be able to bring his love of footy to all of you. He doesn't know this yet. Okay, well, he knows it now. But I'm very likely going to be reaching out to him again to talk to him about the Bulldog season as it goes on, as well as his views on the USAFL scene in Florida. I know that he's involved in the Tampa Club. And if you've not had a chance yet to listen to Episode 8, I'd strongly encourage you to give it, to, give it a listen. As it looks at the short-lived game of Austis, a rather unknown yet vitally important period in the history of the great game of footy. This weekend here in the United States has been a rather historic one when it comes to the game of footy. The Fox Sports Channels, where I first started watching the game, where I became a fan, where I first learned about this game that we love, typically has aired a single game every week. Now, I don't recall them showing any AFLW games in the past. This is something that's completely new. Well, this weekend, FS2, for those of you who are here in the States, you know what that is, but Fox Sports, for those of you in Australia, Fox Sports has a Fox Sports channel that's separate, and then they have an FS1 and an FS2, but then they also have regional Fox Sports channels. Many of them are linked directly to... Major League Baseball teams or NBA teams or possibly NHL teams, that type of thing. Okay. But FS2 this weekend, they carried not one, not two, not three, but actually four AFLW games. I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned by that. Yet very pleasantly surprised when somebody mentioned it to me earlier in the week. One of my friends here in Ohio had mentioned it to me. And to me, this is an absolute watershed moment here in the United States. 
again, one of the goals is trying to get more people exposed to this game and people that are outside of Australia because this is your game. We're just here to watch and hopefully learn a little bit of it. Okay. But, you know, like I said, we're trying to learn this, this, this great game and grow the fan base here as well as letting athletes that are here in the United States and Canada and other parts of the world realize that there are opportunities to play this great game in other parts of the world, not just in Australia. Now, when my friend told me this, my, my enthusiasm got tempered just a little bit because we like to, to rib each other from time to time. And he said that, uh, well, the reason they were probably showing so many AFLW games was because Fox Sports had lost their contract to broadca- broadcast auto racing this year. So as he put it, the only reason they were showing AFL was to simply fill airtime. Well, Kevin, I hope you're wrong about that, but even if that's the case, I'm okay with it because if that's the reason they're showing more games, then so be it. It's giving viewers here a much greater opportunity to see the game, to get exposed to it, to learn what this game is all about. And it looks as though, as I was exploring this evening as I was getting ready to record this, it looks like they're going to be doing at least three games next week, three back-to-back games on FS2. And then when I dug a little bit more deeply into it, I realized that they're also going to be airing three separate games on what they call the Fox Soccer Plus channel, which is a pay channel that's in addition to the regular channels that would come with your cable or your satellite television. My hope is that this trend continues next month when the 2020 AFL season kicks off. Yeah, I'm hoping that we see a half dozen of these games broadcast every week. And if you're in the States, I am going to be putting a link to the uh, Fox Sports schedule website down at the bottom in the show notes on the page for the podcast so you can see which games are being carried and when, so you can set your DVRs. Now, like many of you who are listening, I've got access to all the games with the Watch AFL app, but if you're just starting out and thinking, well, I want to see if I like this game, that's a pretty pricey investment. Now, once you've gotten involved and you decide that, hey, here's a club I want to support, I want to be a member of that team, then you can actually become a member of that club, get some swag from the team, and then also get your membership to the Watch AFL app, which allows you to watch all of the games. It allows you to watch all of the shows that are affiliated to with footy, all the stuff that's done with Fox footy. Now, there are other programs that are not on the Watch AFL app. It would be great if they were. There's one called The Front Bar, which I would love to watch more regularly, but I have a hard time finding it. Um, but I believe that once in a while they will do a free trial, as most things do. And then I believe they will also occasionally, well, it's not occasionally, they'll let you subscribe for a single week to see whether or not this is something that you really want to invest some some money in because with my uh, membership with the Cats, it ran me about $125 for the year, which was actually about $25 less than what I had been paying for just the Watch AFL app 
and not being a member of the club. So I feel like this was a real win-win situation for me this year. But with this increased exposure of the game, albeit in the overnight hours, when many won't even know that it's on, there's one thing that I think Fox Sports should do to try to sell this game to Americans more than they're doing currently. Last night, you know, I've only watched one game so far this week because I've been doing other things. But last night after watching the Bulldogs and Demons game, the program ended. The game was over. The team sang the song. They went on their merry way. Game's done. And the Fox Sports channel played about 15 to 20 minutes of old rugby highlights with really loud, heavy techno music playing over top of it. Lousy techno music, quite frankly. There was no explanation for the highlights. There was no saying where these games were being played. You know, all very thick-bodied guys playing the game, you know, tackling one another, getting into the scrum, that type of thing. Had no idea where they were from. I don't know if they were here in the U.S., in New Zealand, in Australia. I'd have no clue where they were. There was no explanation. But the way Fox Sports does this kind of willy-nilly is that they give you the illusion that, well, rugby and footy are the same thing. And we know they're not. So, to me, this was not a package of highlights. In fact, it's something that I've seen for the last several years. It's the same package that I've seen now for at least four years since I started watching footy. And all it really was, quite frankly, it's the same stuff that they put into hot dogs that they don't tell you about. It's filler. They had 20 minutes or so of airtime they needed to fill. So let's just put some of these highlights of a game that nobody's getting explained to them on there. Okay, that's all it was, pure and simple. Now, a while back, though, I had a uh, discussion with someone who, I believe there are three members that run this podcast. It's called the Ian Prender Cast, and there's a dash between the Prender and Cast. And the host that I talked to had what I thought was a great suggestion. And he, he suggested that what the AFL should consider doing is having Fox Footy maybe along with Channel 7, which is, I think, the other channel that broadcasts footy games, if I'm not mistaken. Let me know if I'm wrong on that, but I seem to recall seeing Channel 7 show up in some of the games that I'm watching. Um, but he said that what they should do to market this game is that every week they should put together like an hour-long highlight package that they literally give to the American Fox Sports channels. Okay? That they have the the hosts of the game in Australia doing it because every time I see footy highlights done by American sportscasters, I want to reach through my television and slap them upside the head because more often than not, all they end up doing is mocking the game because they don't understand what the hell's going on. And it really ticks me off when they do that sort of thing because it's a beautiful sport and guess what? You're paid to know sports. Figure it out. Get your head out of your bum and learn the game if you're going to talk about it. Don't just get on there to mock it. Okay? That's enough of a rant on, on my part for tonight. But, you know, he said that they should go ahead and put this package together. And, you know, maybe you have some of the people from uh, AFL Tonight 
or something like that, or maybe people from uh, on the couch sit down and do the highlights. Um, you know, maybe Jason Dunstall could sit down and do it as well. And then they, they have this hour broadcast that they put on. I mean, right now, nowadays, if you're if you're a footy fan and you're listening to this, you know that within a few hours of having the game ending, you can go onto YouTube and find the highlight videos for the games that have been played. You can go and see the highlights from the game you had previously watched, and they'll break it down by quarter. Here's the, here's the action of the first quarter. Here's the second quarter, etc. Okay, those highlight videos are great. But the fans already know about them. We know about the game. We know to look for them. Those are not going to show up in somebody's feed on YouTube saying, hey, watch this next. Here's a game you've never seen before, but you might really like. I don't think that's how the uh, algorithm works. You know, as I said, you know, sure, there's those videos that are there on YouTube. Okay. But you know what? You can't catch more fish if you're putting your bait into the wrong lake. I use an analogy talking about voting with my kids in my government classes about fishing where the fish are. And if you think about it, those highlights that are on YouTube, the people watching them, those fish have already been caught. They know those highlights are out there. They know to look for them. But somebody who could possibly become a potential fan of the game that doesn't know they're out there, where do they know to go look for them? Where is the roadmap to get them to that other than their friends telling them about it, if they know about it or somebody like me doing a podcast that maybe by chance they'll stumble across. Okay. But those fans that are seeking out that stuff on YouTube, they're already supporters. Those proverbial fish have already been caught, but there are others. There are other fish sitting at home on their couch on a Thursday night at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. They've just opened up a bag of pretzels and they sat down with a beer. They had a long, hard day at work. They got their kids in bed or they finished up their homework. Maybe they're a high school student. They're not the ones opening up the pretzel and beer. Um, and they're sitting down and they're thinking, ah, let's see what's on TV. And they start flipping through the channels. And they stumble across on Fox Sports 2. Tonight on Fox Sports Presents This Week in Footy. That could be the title. That would work for me. And they become enamored by what they see. And they, they start to dig more into it. And they realize, that, you know what? This game looks exciting. This looks like fun. You know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with this idea that we should be trying to get this game directly presented to viewers that haven't seen it before. It's something that they should see. You know, it's already being done through Fox Sports. It's Fox Footy that's running the Watch AFL app. It's all one basically big conglomerate, if you will. You know, so the commercials that they put on here in the States, the commercials could be previews for upcoming games. Here's when they're going to be on. Set your DVR. Stay up late and watch them. Okay? It could be a, a, a commercial for the Watch AFL app itself. Now, of course, then we'd have to have the obligatory commercial for Bunnings Warehouse. Even though there aren't any of them here in the States, we'd have to have one of those. And let's be honest, I really need to have a TV commercial for National Tile showing up as well. I need to hear from Frank Walker. Mr. Walker, if you're listening, I love your commercials, sir. 
the fact that we have about 50 teams playing this game in the here in the United States in the USAFL, most of them with both a women's and a men's team, so you double that to 100 teams. You figure you've got 25 players at a minimum per team. There's 2,500 players right there, many of them who know about the game. Their friends, I'm sure, know about the game as well. But the fact, you know, you've got those people that are doing that. You've got a country that has a population of 300 million people. Most of us who love fast, hard-hitting contact sports, we speak the same language as the game that's being played there. It's not, you know, a lot of, you know, it's not coming from a Mexican league or a, a Spanish league or a French league where we don't necessarily speak the language. Okay. The fact that we're in, that we're not getting more exposure to this here, that the AFL has not tapped this market as well as it should have is mind boggling. Okay. Like I said, this is an untapped market. And I think that for one, it's high time that the AFL get on board with this. Okay. You know, and the person that I spoke to uh, from the other podcast, he had said that when he was a kid, he remembered watching a program that came on once a week. And this was, I guess, before the WWE, the wrestling stuff. And I'm not a big wrestling fan. Before it became a global phenomenon, they did a weekly highlight show that they would uh, broadcast in Australia, showing all of the highlights, the big body slams and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that gets kids excited about wanting to see this sort of thing. And it helped to build a foothold in Australia. And I'm assuming that this sort of thing is being marketed towards preteens, teen boys, that type of thing. And it sounds as though the WWE is still a, a, a big thing in Australia. I guess it's huge here in the United States. It's on several nights a week here. It, it, it's not something that interests me, so I'm not watching it. Um, I'm an old man. I never really got into wrestling when I was a kid either. Do any of you remember seeing those, those uh, not really advertising, but those, those programs, those recruitment videos for being fans of the game? Um, you know, send me a note on Twitter or on, on email. Uh, if you have, because I'd really be curious to see if that was effective at getting you to become a fan of that. Co- Are we calling it a competition? It's, it's, it's theater, isn't it? Can we say it's theater? I know there are winners and losers, but, uh, are those predetermined? I don't know. Um, you know, do you think the same thing could happen here in the States with footy? Do you think they could sell it with us? Okay. We're here in the United States watching the NFL. Okay. And with good reason, they're making all sorts of changes in the rules, trying to mitigate injuries, specifically head and spinal injuries. There have been all sorts of reports regarding um, CTE, which is, you know, causing a deterioration of the brain in, in players years after they have left the game. Okay, you know, you had a uh, you had one of the top quarterbacks in the game who retired this year at the age of 29, like a week before the season started. If you're a football fan, Andrew Luck stepped away from the Indianapolis Colts and said, hey, I've been getting my head pounded into the turf for the last couple of years because you haven't gotten me much of an offensive line. And guess what? I've got millions of dollars in my pocket and I'm going to go home and count them. So. I'm out of here. And he actually retired like right before an exhibition game. Um, Now, while I don't think that NFL fans want to see players get injured or hurt or anything like that, 
those same fans are seeing the game that they love become more and more of a shell of what it once was. Okay, in the NFL much like footy used to be, was a much more brutal game. Footy has regulated a lot of the hitting out of the game as well. The NFL is doing that same thing. And and quite frankly, there may come a time in the not-too-distant future where football, as we know it here in the United States, ceases to exist. Okay? It, it could very easily happen. Now, this afternoon, as I was doing some research for... Uh, an upcoming episode. Um, I listened to a couple episodes of a, of a great new podcast called AFL Obsessed. And it's uh, it's being hosted by a, a New Yorker, a woman by the name of Rosanna, who, from what I can tell in the first four episodes that I've listened to, is absolutely nuts about footy. Loves the game. In fact, I traded emails with her today, and I believe she's actually in Australia right now, as a matter of fact. But she was talking to a couple of her guests who are involved with uh, a podcast dealing with Supercoach. And they were talking about the prospective uh, GWS game that's maybe going to be played here in the States next year. Um, talking about possibly playing in the Los Angeles area. Now, again, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't know if we have a stadium of or, of a, or a facility that has a large enough footprint to, to allow you to put something the size of a field that uh, a footy game would be played on inside of it. You know, we might be finding a big open grass area and putting temporary stands around it. That might be what ends up happening. But uh, one of the guests proposed, and it, was, and it was kind of in passing. It wasn't like a, hey, they absolutely should do this. It was, a, it was an idea they tossed out where they said that maybe that the league should have one round of the fixture be an entire international round where the games are all played in different parts of the world. Now, if you're in Australia listening to this, please note, I'm not suggesting this. This is not something the AFL is suggesting. So if you are extremely angry with what I'm saying right now, this was just something that somebody tossed out as an idea in a podcast. Okay. And it wasn't me. Um, but yeah, you know, they said, well, maybe they just play in, in different places around the world during one week to try to expose more people to the game. And then they come back to Australia the next week and everybody has a bye week. And I, and I just put together an idea here. I thought, well, okay, if we're going to do that, you know, uh, maybe they have a week where their game's being played in Los Angeles and then maybe Orlando, Florida, Washington, D.C., London, somewhere in India, in China, New Zealand, and maybe Japan. And there would have to be one location, one more location because that's only eight right there. Um, you know, all playing the same round outside of the country. And then each club would come back for their bye, you know, for a bye week because you'd probably have to have two bye weeks now at this point in time to allow teams to recover and stagger the uh, the season a little bit more to give that additional bye week to allow teams to get to get healthy, uh, to get them reacclimated to their regular schedules back home. Now, it's an interesting idea. I'm guessing, though, that uh, you know most supporters of the game in Australia would think it's a lousy idea, a terrible idea, because you wouldn't necessarily want to see your entire sport literally just get up and leave for an entire round where all 18 teams said, see you next week. Um, 
I don't think that would necessarily go very well. Um, but, you know, if you got any thoughts on that, and again, like I said, it was not me that suggested this. So if you're going to send me some thoughts to uh, to Twitter at yank underscore on or to my email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. Again, it wasn't me suggesting this. I'm just tossing it out there as a as a hypothetical. I'd love to hear from you on any of the stuff that I've talked about so far. Now, I've only uh, watched one game this weekend so far. In fact, I was finishing up writing the script for this one while the uh, the Cats and Lions game was on. And uh, I, I, I don't know how it turned out. I did see a little blurb online that the Lions scored first. I hope the Cats scored often. We'll see. I'll watch it tomorrow morning when I get up. But I was doing some research for an upcoming episode. So like I said, I only watched the one game. Um, and that was the, uh, the D's and Bulldogs game. And I have to tell you, lousy weather to play in, but the D's really came out last night and had a fantastic game. I know there are a lot of people who don't like the idea of the AFLW, but I have to tell you, I have seen in the games that I've watched improvement every week from last year because there are much more highly developed skills. Now, we do have a situation, you know, where we're having to, to replenish the talent pool more quickly because the, the, the league decided to add four new teams this year. Now, I don't know if there was enough talent to add four new teams in one season. Maybe two would have been a better idea right now and then two next year, then two the following year, then two the following year after that, to allow some of the younger people who are playing the game at the younger levels begin to develop their skills more so to be able to come in and participate in the game once it, once it gets going, okay, and once they get there. But as back, to the, back to the game last night. It, w- it was impressive to watch Melbourne in difficult weather basically keep the, the Bulldogs. They dominated them last night for the most part. You know, they, they hardly let the, the, the Bulldogs get the ball out of their defensive 50. And when it did come out, it was going right back in again because the, the D's defense was splendid last evening. Okay, it was splendid. It was a great game to watch. Sure, it'd be great if there was more scoring. But a lot of that had to do with the weather. It was terrible weather last night, but yet they still managed to put quite a few points on the board for that type of a situation. Now, it was horrible to see the last few seconds of the game last night, literally the last few seconds, okay? It really was sad to see the ACL injury that that happened to Ainsley Kemp of the D's at the end of the game. She played a pretty good game, and the fact that she was out there already dealing with the situation that she was dealing with makes it even more tragic because she, I believe, had injured her left knee last year and did not, and so basically her ACL and her left knee was non-functioning. And she decided not to have that repaired. And last night she tore the ACL in her right knee. So now she has both knees with ACL injuries and it's very sad. Now, I don't know when we're going to see her back out there. I hope she she's able to come back. 
but she's going to have a long recovery period, and I wish her nothing but the best. Um, you know, she was trying to get through this season with basically no functioning ACL, and now she's got this additional injury to deal with. Very sad. Danny Marshall, the import from the United States, had a bit of a rough night last night, uh, a little tougher outing than the first week where she scored on her first kick. It's her second game here in here in Australia. Yeah, okay. Okay, Craig, go ahead. Here in Australia. That's okay. I'm only 16,000 kilometers away. Uh, there in Australia. Um, I'm sure that's going to improve um, as the weeks go on and she gets more and more acclimated to the game in Australia. Okay. It's just exciting to see her playing out there. And as much as uh, people like to... Um, to talk down Mason Cox from time to time and say that he's overrated. Nah, yeah, he's six foot eleven or seven feet tall. It's a you can't coach that. You can't teach that. Okay, I love watching Mason Cox play because it gives me a little little pride as an American to see him out there. Okay, and I hope he has a fantastic year this year. Um, but it was a uh, it was a great game last night. Um. You know, like I said, it's exciting to see her out there. And again, if you watched the game last night, there were some interesting comments. There was what we would call here in the United States, um, they would call if if a player from one team says something about another team, like early in the week, they call it bulletin board material, where metaphorically speaking, it may or may not happen, I don't know, the coach will cut out that article, or nowadays they'll print out the article because it's probably online. They'll print out that article and they'll hang it up on the bulletin board to show you, hey, look what player X from our opponent said about us for this week. Let's make sure we prove player X wrong. Well, yesterday, just at the start of the game, they were interviewing Libby Birch, who had previously been with the Bulldogs, who had just joined the D's. She'd spent a couple years, I believe, with the Bulldogs. And during a little interview before the game, and then at halftime, they kind of went through through that part of the interview and then expanded upon it. She made some comments about the, quote, culture with uh, Western being one of the reasons why she decided to move to the Demons. Ouch. That's, uh, that's kind of taking a shot at your former team, if you ask me. And I think her former teammates might have gotten word of that because every time she had the ball or every time... The camera was on her, and they tried to, you know, they had a, a shot at knocking her down. She was picking herself up off, up off of the turf. Now, she did still manage to have a good game, though. She had uh, 13 disposals and 10 kicks. So she had a solid game, but she, I'm sure she has some bruises today as well. And it's great to see Daisy Pierce back out there because she had a fantastic game. And, you know, she's playing a little out of position. She's kind of, you know, playing back there in the in the defense a little bit right now. But it's great to see her back out there and helping to get her team going in the right direction as well, starting out 2-0 and in the year. Now, the other big story this weekend was, it's a very sad one, um, is to see what uh, Dane Beams is having to deal with this weekend. You know, he he stepped away from the game last last year, didn't play after round 11, was dealing with some mental health issues. He had a car accident this week. I've seen things speculated that I haven't seen confirmed, so I'm not going to repeat those here. But he's decided to step away from the game permanently. He's decided to retire to focus on his mental health. And while that's tough to see happen, 
in and of the, in and of itself, that's something that deep down we should really applaud because he has recognized that he has an issue that needs to be dealt with. And, and Mr. Beams, you're not listening, I'm sure. But if the message somehow gets to you, I truly hope that you're getting the help that you need to allow you to live a happy and full life with your family. There's some things that are, quite frankly, more important than the game of footy. And I hope he gets the help that he needs. I truly do. Okay? If you're having issues and you recognize it, don't be afraid or ashamed to get that help that you need. If you've got a friend who you can tell is not themselves, something's going on, please don't hesitate to check up on them. Call them. Go to their house. Knock on the door. Check up on them. Okay? See if they need help. In my classroom, I'm a, I'm a high school government teacher for the most part, and uh, well, it's most of the classes I teach are government classes. And on the walls of my classroom, up above the, the, the dry erase boards, that type of thing, it's kind of become customary for me, and I've had these now for many years, uh, over 450 quotations hanging on the walls. And some of them are inspirational. Some of them are political. Some of them are just downright cynical. But I have one hanging up in my classroom. It's the only one I have printed out in color because I want it to stand out from all of the others. Okay, and it's a quote that I think fits here, talking about this here. And it's, it's prominently right in the front, right in the center of my room, right next to the, the television that's hanging on the wall of my room where if we're doing notes in class, that type of thing, watching a video, that's where it is. They can see it. It's right next to it. And that quote is from the, the great Irish poet and playwright Oscar Wilde. And it says, true friends stab you in the front. We've got to be willing to look out for each other. Okay, whether that's your friends that you are friends with that you see all the time. Maybe it's somebody that you talk to online that you can see that they're they're down, they're, fe- they're feeling down a little bit. Don't be afraid to reach out to them. Say something positive to them. Pick them up. You may be thousands of miles away, but hearing that, that one positive thing from you might be that thing that sets them on the course of, of having a good day or realizing, you know what? Somebody does give a darn about me. Somebody does care about me. Because maybe they are lonely. Maybe the fact that they're out there on social media, that it, maybe that's their family, if you will, because maybe they don't have family. Don't be afraid to reach out and say something positive to somebody, okay? And if you need to talk to somebody, and I'm going to put these links in my show notes as well, but you know, in Australia, you can contact the lifeline.org.au or you can call them at 131114 or you can call Beyond Blue at one 4636 Here in the United States, you can contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. So if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. Okay? Don't be afraid to reach out. I've, I've battled depression in my time. I understand it. It is not fun. It's tough to deal with. Yeah, I had a uh, really tough time in 2002, many years ago. 
9-11 happened that depressed most Americans. Within a couple of weeks after 9-11, my father passed away. It was a really lousy winter of 2001 and 2002, and, and it was tough. It was really tough. I had a difficult time with that. And I would be missed right. I would be remiss if I didn't say, uh, we miss you, Spud. We really do. Now, ladies and gents, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, episode nine here. I've got several interviews lined up in the coming days. Uh, I'm hoping to get those in. I'm looking forward to bringing you those in the very near future. I'm also going to be digging more deeply into the research that I'm doing right now for an upcoming episode. That episode is going to be looking at the uh, the tumultuous time that was going on with the VFL when it was struggling to keep all of the teams afloat because some teams were better off financially than others. And some of the leaders of the VFL actually headed to the United States and met with Pete Rozelle, who was the head of the National Football League, and met with Larry O'Brien, who was the head of the NBA. Um, and he met with one of the attorneys that worked for the NBA, who later on became commissioner, a gentleman by the name of David Stern, who passed away last month. And amongst those three gentlemen and uh, one or two other people that I'll get into, um, they helped... Uh, give some ideas to the VFL that the VFL was able to put into a blueprint to help the league become more successful, help it transition into becoming more of a national game in Australia. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. I thought that that was going to be the topic of this week's episode, but the research that I was doing became more and more daunting. And I have to be honest with you, I, uh, I spent way too much time the day before yesterday when I should have been researching watching the entire miniseries Mystery Road, which had uh, Judy Davis and uh, what is his name? Uh, Adam Peterson, I believe, who was also in City Homicide. Um, really liked his work on that show when I found this uh, series on Acorn TV. So I spent six hours watching that um and then i found another movie with that uh that same character in it gold something or another i watched that yesterday so the time i should have been allotting to researching for this this episode i spent watching television instead so i apologize i'll get back to my research uh, but one last thing before i go um i'm exploring the possibility of creating some stickers, which would be about three inches by three inches, maybe four by four, uh, which you could you could affix to your car window if you wanted to, or your laptop computer, or something like that, uh, that would have my podcast logo on it. Um, I'm exploring printing some of those up and and shipping those out to to people who would be interested in them, but. Uh, you know, to be completely frank, it it would cost three or four dollars to ship one of those to Australia. So before I purchased those, I was looking to see if people were possibly interested in having one of those or who knows, two or three or 12. <laughs> I'll send them if you want them. Um, if you want them, I'll get them printed up. But uh I was going to put together a survey, whether it be on Twitter or on my uh, 
a yank on the footy Facebook page to see who would be interested. But it would, if it, you're if you're here in the states, it would cost a buck or so. Uh, but in Australia, it would be three or four dollars to send that to you. So I was just looking to see if anybody would be interested in one of those before I actually make the commitment to get those printed up. Because let's be honest, I wouldn't need a hundred or two hundred of them as much as I would like to just you know, plaster my whole car window with them. So be looking out for that survey. I'll send out a little uh, um, small mini episode about that once I get that uh, up and running. But uh, I appreciate you tuning in for this episode. Don't forget that, you know, while you can find this episode and all of them at ayankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Again, I, I hope you would consider sharing this episode with your friends. Okay. Again, you can also reach me at uh, ayankonthefooty at gmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at ayankonthefooty. Before I wrap up, I do want to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. You can find him and his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. Mr. McDade, thanks again for your hard work and your great tunes. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you because without you, I'd be sitting here talking to myself. Well, you know what I mean. And because while many of us are fans of our teams, deep down, we're fans of a game we all love. And that's the game of footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you wholeheartedly from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your busy schedules to give me a listen. I hope that you consider sharing it with your friends. And don't forget, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been Episode 9 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing this podcast with your friends.